welcome to Moments in Time and Space, a microfiction podcast, bringing you tales of horror and suspense with your host, Aaron Miracle. Hello, everyone. You are all invited to a gathering at the Brown Farm. There will be food, music, and a good time for all. As a polite reminder, if your young one is trying the ring this year, they need to bring their liability waiver form signed by their parent. The evening party at the Brown Farm was in full swing. A steady stream of headlights could be seen on the dirt road leading up to the homestead. Signs directed cars to park in the field near the white two-story house, and more signs directed people around the back of the house where the party was. Strings of lights draped between the numerous trees provided illumination for the gathering. People mingled around the numerous tables spread around the yard, getting caught up on what each other had been doing over the past year. Paul Brown stood near one of the long tables covered with various bowls and pots of homemade food. He felt pleased the work his family had done for this year's summer solstice shindig. His homestead had hosted the gathering three years running, and he took a sense of pride that he kept winning the community vote to hold it here. A heavy-set man walled up the table and offered Paul a tip of his bowl cap. Hey, ya, Paul. Nice shindig, as always. Hey, Jeff, Paul replied. Thanks. It was always a pleasure to host it. Jeff examined the food laid out on the table beside Paul and pondered his options. Fern trying the ring this year? Paul nodded. She sure is. Well, I don't think that is appropriate. Young ladies should not be doing such activities, a sour voice interjected. Paul glanced over his shoulder and saw Gladys Williams standing there. She had her arms crossed and a frown on her face. Truth be told, Gladys always had a frown on her face, so it's hard to tell what kind of mood she was in most of the time. Evening, Gladys. Paul said, and gave her a slight nod. Fern says she wants to run a farm her own someday, and if she's going to, she has to pass the ring. Young ladies should not be running farms. They should be more worried about finding a good husband and taking care of their household, Gladys said. Paul scratched the back of his neck. Might be an old-fashioned way of thinking. I'm sure there are some boys who would do a great job taking care of a household. By the way, how is Josh? Gladys's face turned beet red as she spun her heel before stomping off. Jeff laughed and went back to fixing his plate. Glad to see Gladys hasn't changed. You sure got her, goat. Wasn't hard. Her boy Joss has failed the ring three times. Thought I'd remind her of that, Paul said. I'm going to head over to the ring and see how Fern is doing. See you there? Wouldn't miss it for the world, Jeff said. Paul began to make his way to where the ring was located. He stopped every so often to exchange greetings with some friends and accept praise for the shindig. Eventually, he made his way near the back of his property. Looming before him was a large ring made of straw bales. It had taken the better part of two weeks to build the thing, he was thankful to his friends that had pitched in to help. He made his way around to where the dirt ramp had built up the top of the tall ring. A small group of ewes mulled around the edge of the ramp. Some looked nervously down to the ring, while others seemed anxious to get inside. One of the ewes waved at him, and Paul smiled as he recognized his daughter Fern. Hey, Dad! Fern shouted. Hey, Fern. You ready? Paul asked. Sure am. Remember what I told you. Good luck. Fern gave Paul a thumbs up, and he smiled her with pride. He began to head in the direction of the viewing area that had been set up along one curve of the ring. More dirt had been piled up to create a spot that cleared the six-foot walls of the straw structure. Several people had gathered there, and some even brought lawn chairs. Paul climbed the mound and mingled the people until he found his wife, Lisa. She had laid out a blanket and padded a spot beside her. Saved you a spot. Paul eased himself down the blanket and shuffled closer to his wife. I saw Fern. She can hardly wait to get in the ring. I should hope so. She's been looking forward to this for weeks. Paul ran his thumb over his bomb lip. I just hope she remembers what I taught her. 
Lisa reached out and gave Paul's arm a squeeze. She will. We didn't raise no slacker. The crowd began to whoop and cheer. Paul turned his gaze towards the ring and saw Fern waving before she jumped down into the soft dirt. On the opposite side of the ring, about 30 feet across from where Fern stood, was a large steel holding cage. Two men pounded on the cage and something inside of it roared. One of the men offered a thumbs up to Fern. The young girl licked her lips and gave him a thumbs up in return. Both men took up positions on either side of the cage. One of them blew a whistle and the other opened the door of the cage. The thing inside the cage scrambled out and raised itself on its hind legs, sniffing the air with its short snout. Its red scales shone in the beams of large purple floodlights that shone to the ring. The thing looked reptilian, except for its white feathered tail that was tipped with a bone hook. Are you sure that is a yearling? It looks pretty big, Lisa said. It is a yearling, but on the bigger side of the scale. It's a little over four feet, but Fern can handle it, Paul said. Inside the ring, Fern began to clap and shout. The head of the creature snapped to look at Fern, and it dropped down to all fours. Its padded feet kicked up clods of dirt as it sprinted towards the teenager, and Fern spread out her arms wide. The thing hissed as it charged, and when it was about 15 feet from Fern, it leapt high in the air. Fern waited until the last moment and then dove to the side. The creature landed in a blur of red and white before it lost its balance. It tumbled in the dirt and crashed into the straw wall of the ring. Fern scrambled to her feet and went to close in the creature. Heads up, Fern, Paul muttered, clenching his hands into fists. The thing was back on its feet before Fern reached it, and its tail lashed out towards the girl. Fern saw it coming a moment too late, and the bone hook caught her in the shoulder. Paul could hear his wife gasp as the bone hook cut through Fern's shirt and tore into her flesh. The girl yelped, but deftly spun away from the creature. The two men near the cage began to move in, but Fern held her hand above her head. This was a sign she wanted to continue, and the two men backed off. Paul? Lisa said softly. She's okay. Fern knows what she's doing, Paul said. Back in the ring, Fern kept her eyes on the red-scaled beast. The creature hissed at her and buried its toothy maw. It began to circle to the left, and Fern matched its pace. She feigned moving in a few times. The creature was not fooled. It stopped, and the white feather tail lashed out towards Fern again. She sidestepped the attack and grabbed the tail in both her hands. With a quick yank, Fern pulled the creature to the ground and straddled its tail. With deft hands, she took the loop of rope from her belt and tied the creature's feet together. When she was done, she hooked the thing's tail into the rope and jumped off. The red scale beast thrashed and whined, but the rope held firm. A chair went up from the spectators, and people began to pat Paul on the back. Lisa grabbed her husband and hugged him tight. Our little girl beat the ring! She sure did, Paul said. She sure did. Could you pass the ring? Thank you for listening. If you like what you heard, please subscribe to the podcast and leave a review. You can also follow me on Twitter at Moments in TAS. Feel free to recommend this podcast to others and help it grow. The opening and closing theme is Creepy Night by Daniel Carlton. Until next time, be safe, be smart, and be well. See you soon.